Craft Beer Radio, episode 241 on March 8th, 2013. Welcome to Craft Beer Radio. My name is Greg Weiss. I'm Jeff Bear. This is our 241st episode, and we are doing a, a slew of uh, interesting beers. So, so why do we listen to ELO in the uh, the open there? Um, I kind of I kind of dig ELO. Give me a break. There's there's something cool about it. Okay. Uh, I don't know. I'm more of an ELP person myself. But uh, yeah, I mean, and Xanadu was a was an interesting musical for its time, and ELO made some cool songs for it for the time. Very seventies, but you know, it worked. Yes. Okay. So we have some very interesting beers. One of which we are scrutinizing. You're on notice, Hoppin' Frog. Right. But uh, we have uh, some beers that were uh, lovingly sent to us by super, super listener Gary Frank. And then and when you picked up at VE. Yes. Uh, Shelley. I need to um, I need to go there again, I think. I need to restock. Okay, so bourbon barrel, bourbon barrel, sour and chocolate. Which one do we start with? <laughs> oh, God. Well, um, we should probably then leave sour for the last. Sure. And maybe start with the chocolate, go to bourbon barrel. And then, uh, and then hit the sour at the end. That works for me, except there is a there's a, there's wax on this one. So this is the brewery's white chocolate. Now the brewery heads kept up a decent website, but they don't have anything about these two particular beers. Oh so goodness. I'm I'm going to need uh, something sharper than this. You keep talking. I've got okay. a knife in the other room. I am forced to go on to Beer Advocate to get any information I can about this beer. Uh, so this this is a primary component of this white oak. They say white oak, yeah, which I assume that means a non charred oak. A hundred percent barrel aged wheat wine that uh, they call white oak sap, and then they let's see, they use bourbon barrels for nearly a year. Well, it's white oak, and if it's bourbon barrels, then they have, they have to be charred. So. I have to look up what white oak is. Jeff is finding a, a knife, so he Come can't explain. <laughs> he can't explain it to me. And okay, give it to me. What do you want? Okay, white oak. They say that they call it a quote unquote white oak ale. White oak, not charred. Maybe? I, I I thought not charred, but they well, say white, it, it, white oak is a kind of oak tree too. So yeah, but they say it's used bourbon barrels. Used bourbon no. barrels would have to be charred. Yeah, yeah, white oak. I think it's just the kind of oak tree. I mean, there's red oaks. Yeah. And there's... Or it might be because it's it's more of a... It, it's not dark. Maybe it takes on some white-ish colors. I don't know. It's a wheat this, wine. This wax is heavy-duty wax. Yeah. I'm just being careful I don't like cut a finger off, because that would not make good craft beer radio. So anyway, they added cacao nibs and vanilla beans to elite wine. That's what's going on here. This is like... It's not like the latex wax you get. This is like candle wax. You need to burn it off. <laughs> oh my goodness. Wow. That's impressive. I'm going to start taking out wedges here. So this is, yeah, so we apologize. I apologize for picking this beer first. You know, we should probably get the wax beers ready before we start recording. That might be an improvement for the show. 241 episodes. That's how long New it took idea. for us to get these New, good ideas. New innovation. But, you know. But they, people might be laughing at me, enjoying how much struggle we have. Maybe we do save the struggle for. Well, then I won't think we. Uh, I don't know. Saying we could do the struggle in the pre show, but then we don't want to open the cap so soon. So. 
Anyway, so yeah, okay, so it does pour pretty light colored for a bourbon barrel aged beer. Now, not, and, ne- not necessarily and for a chocolate beer, right? and for a chocolate beer, it, it's a mm, what would you call that? It's it's a dark straw, maybe just you know slightly uh, slightly caramelized straw. <coughs> it's completely uh, trans. It's translucent, but that's it. It's not transparent. You can't see through it at all. <coughs> It smells uh, different. We got a tweet about this from a listener. Something about it. it was vaguely something about this beer being pretty crazy or something like that, wasn't it? Remember that tweet? Let's see if I can find well, it. Well, where do you think that comes from when you smell this? <laughs> I mean, that's... It's pretty crazy already. It, it is it, crazy. It, kinda, it's, uh, it, mixed... it, it smells kind of like an ice cream. I'm getting a big oak, but then I'm getting a little bit of cocoa. Or you know what it smells like, actually? Like, like I remember this at, at a at a Japanese restaurant. They used to have a um, a fried red bean ice cream that had, um, I think it was rum or bourbon or something underneath it. And okay. so, it gave off similar kind of notes. It has a... Hmm... There's, I can definitely smell the chocolate. And it's really kind of the vanilla mixing with the, the cacao that gives you that chocolate. Wow. That's interesting. It was Barley69. I can't find his particular tweet about the... must have been further back than I thought. Here it is. Uh... Oh, so guess the alcohol on this one. White chocolate is like an alien. That's what he said. White chocolate is like an alien. The alcohol. Well, let me take a sip and then I'll guess, okay? So okay. don't spoil it. Yeah. No, I'm not, I'm not letting you look at the... Uh... So there is some funk going on there, too. I thought I smelled funk, but I'm like... I wasn't going to like say, oh, it's a brewery. It must be funky. But the flavor... Aliens. Aliens a good... Uh... It's chocolate and oak and... It's tart and fizzy, and there, there's a there's a bit of cotton candy going on. There's there's a bit of a um, yeah. There's a bit of a wow. What is that? There's a, of of just a light essence of lime, like on it, mm-hmm. right? Just it's not really sour. It's just there's a little bit of of a tartness. Yeah, there's there's something. Lime is good, but. There's an essence of some kind of sparkling, like a, a a mojito or something. I mean, not, not so much mint, but there's an essence of something yeah, like there, with rum. Yeah, there, there's definitely a rum kind of character and, to it. Yeah, it, it 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 it's more rum than it is, I think, bourbon. Although at the end stages, as it's uh, you know, it, it's not very um, it, it it's not very dry. It ends pretty wet, and then the volatilization is giving off bourbon stuff at the end on your tongue so sort of like you taste rum but you feel bourbon and the tartness really does hit like lime i mean the more i drink this the more i think mojito mm-hmm. the rum the sweetness you know uh, like the, the lime, mojito mixed the... with weirdly mixed with kahula that actually works i mean there's the lime 
There's the it doesn't it doesn't doesn't liqueur. The the carbonation feels like soda water and not beer. You know, it has that very coarse carbonation type feel on your tongue. Maybe the acidity from the the funk, which is coming across like lime, is making it feel more coarse. Yeah, it's not bread or anything. It's probably just some wild yeast that was inside some some wild Saccharomyces that was inside the barrel. Is my guess. Hmm. I'm getting some strange things on the aroma. I'm trying to dial into so alcohol, alcohol, alcohol. Um, so I'll give you two numbers. I'll give you a taste like, and I'll give you knowing it's the brewery. It's probably so the taste like. It's a brewery and it's a wheat wine. Keep that in mind. It's, oh, it's a wheat wine. Okay, so it tastes. Like seven and a half to eight percent. I would say it tastes like eleven, but that's <laughs> okay. So knowing that okay. it's the brewery, I'm gonna wager that it is sixteen percent. So it's a little high. Okay, just a little high, <laughs> a little bit over. It's fourteen and a quarter percent. But yeah, if you ask me, I mean, I can definitely taste the alcohol in it. It it tastes like a pretty. It, I mean, it's hard to taste alcohol above it, eight or nine percent. It doesn't taste bigger than the barley wines we had last week. You know, to me, it, it it's such a lively effervescent beer that it really cuts the booziness. I mm-hmm. think. What do you think about it? wine? Is like about this percentage, right? So, and like, as Jeff's saying, it comes across more like a. <coughs> Sorry. More like a sparkling wine than it does a, a beer, just in terms of, of what it's doing on your tongue. It's, a, it's interesting. It, I, I kind of agree with uh, with Barley 69 that uh, it's kind of an alien of a beer. It's a, it's a really different experience. It's mm-hmm. not... There's not something I can compare it to, beer-wise. I can pull out certain things that may... I mean, it it has a little bit of chocolate that you may get in some chocolate beers. I think that maybe even um, Great Lakes, uh, even though it doesn't actually have chocolate, and I think some of the chocolate mm-hmm. is similar. You know, it also reminds me of some meads that I've had, you know, like a vanilla cinnamon type mead. Mm-hmm. Like I'm thinking of the one from Redstone Meadery. They have a vanilla cinnamon. Remember when we went to that Back to Your Roots, that mead tasting out of the GABF? It was in the hotel... The one afternoon. I think you were there. I don't think I was there. Really? Oh, you missed out. It's it's a hell of a it's a it's a press event and it's a it's a hell of an event. Um you get to taste all kinds of more meads than someone living in Pennsylvania will ever see in one room. That's for sure. Yeah, I, I think that I think that um you know, I definitely went to Pines for prostates. I mean, went to the um went to the Sam Adams thing. But I don't know if, yeah. You might have been taking a rest. And I probably wasn't forceful enough in saying, you can't miss this. This is an interesting beer. I like it. Um, it's just so hard to talk about because it's so different. Yeah. The the standard things that we'd, we'd say, or at least the ways that we'd compare this beer to other things, are are not very accurate here. So... Think a thin, hot chocolate that's been then been cooled down and mixed with rum with a 
bit of bourbon at the end. <laughs> and then maybe somebody sprinkle a little bit of, of whatever that sour stuff is they put on a Sour Patch Kids, just to give it a little bit of a <laughs> twist. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know. That that's as that's as close as I can get to telling you what it tastes like, because it's not any of the other things that we normally talk about. When I give it a swirl, take a sniff. I get a flavor, a aroma I recognize, but I can't put a name to it. It's um, it's vanilla cream. Oh, it's really it's something that's a little more. earthy or vegetable or something. It smells like a rum. It really does. It smells a lot like a rum. But I like Jeff's uh, pick of a mojito. I think, you know, think a mojito but without mint mm-hmm. and chocolate instead. Or chocolate mint, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I, there's not really yeah, there's much still mint. still a lot of mintitas, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, the flavor, you know, the things I'm getting, you know, there's a, there's a good plum flavor. There's a... Uh, this is really neat beer, but yeah, alien. Alien vocabulary for sure. <laughs> Ooh. Plum, I didn't even think of that, but yeah. There's some plum in there. There might be a little bit of a, uh, of, I'm trying to think of a, of a darker melon than cantaloupe, but I can't. But there's something maybe, maybe butternut squatchy about it. If you roast it. Mm-hmm. Definitely not, you know, they call it a wheat wine, and it has this wheat in it. It doesn't have much of the character that you come to think no. if, you, if you're if you familiar with wheat wine. That's a, it's a new one on us, that's for sure. 241 episodes in, and they can still surprise us. It's a good thing. This is, uh, this is why we've been doing 241 episodes, because you get to try things like this. <laughs> Yep. Okay, so next we are going to try the Hoppin' Frog Barrel Age Naked Evil BBW. It's a Belgian style barley wine style ale. <laughs> Belgian style barley wine style ale. That's that's actually on their label. Yes. Double hyphenated. Um eleven point three percent alcohol by volume, original gravity twenty eight point two Play Doh, forty eight IBUs, aged in oak barrels. Well, the beer hasn't gushed, so that's that's a bonus. We said at the beginning that Hop and Frog was on notice. Yes. This summer, I was out in Akron, stopped at the brewery, picked up a bunch of beers. Paid a lot of money for some very rare beers, including this one. And the spoilage rate of the number of the beers I've gotten is, is unacceptable. And um, I can't in good... Um, conscious. conscious recommend say oh yeah go to Hop and Frog and pay 25 bucks for a bottle of Doors the Destroyer because mine wasn't worth five five dollars right it gave you a, it, I, just, I had to pour it out and um, I can't remember the other specifics but yeah a lot of the beers that I picked up were no good other ones were good but it's it, it's a big risk so we'll see with this one this is uh, if this one is spoiled don't expect to hear about Hoppin' Frog on the show anytime soon. So, I just want to make sure this is, yeah. They're Asian whiskey barrels, 11.3%, as I said. This is, uh, they released on their fifth year anniversary. 
uh, and is fermented with both British and Belgian yeasts. So the color is, mm, you know, a nice sweet tea color. A little dark. A little bit dark. Yeah, but. it's a it's a bright orange. Uh, yeah, orange, just touching on. Uh, I don't know that touching other on color. Brown, that but, other color. Yeah, you know, <laughs> in that general area. Doesn't smell spoiled, you know. There's no huge acetone nose. No, it, no, it's it smells pretty good. It smells nice and sweet and uh, inviting. Hmm. Yeah, so the aroma. Hmm. There's maybe some grape in the aroma. There's something almost vague, vaguely reminiscent of peppermint. There's some sort of mm-hmm. sugar, sugary sure. thing on there. Yeah, it's definitely a, a big change from the previous one. So it'll take us a little bit to get acclimated to it. I'm not, I'm not quiet because I'm smelling anything bad. I'm just having a hard time putting words to this one as well. A little bit of cherry. Not too much oak, not too much malt in the aroma. You know, the Belgian part, the Belgian style mm-hmm. of the... Barley wine style <laughs> beer aged in barrels is, is winning the aroma a little bit. I can smell, I think, a bit of whiskey. Excuse me, a bit, bit of whiskey at the uh, the tail end of the aroma. It's a pretty sweet beer. Mm-hmm. The maltiness tends to you know back up that sweet. It, it's weird to to take uh, barley wine, which is already mm-hmm. sweet, and add to it a, a kind of Belgian thing. I mean, they don't say anything about adding actually Belgian like sugars to it. it so I don't know that like they did, does, but it, yeah, but it almost tastes like they do. They did. They but, added some. But you know, sugar. maybe it's just a Belgian working on a high gravity beer that's doing something similar. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of you know like a hard candy, like um, one of those fruit flavored candy canes. Yeah. Instead of, you know, right. not peppermint, you know, I'm thinking of that. Or the little fruit balls that your grandma used to give you, you know, those those hard candies. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a similar flavor. I'm with Jeff on this one. Hmm. Not much. There's no bourbon flavor. I think there's a touch of oak flavor. Well, it's a whiskey barrel, not bourbon barrel. No. Well, okay. There's not much whiskey flavor. I think there's, there's a, a difference. Touch of, touch of oak. There's a difference, and you can taste at the end. I think that uh, in, in similar to the white chocolate, where you could really taste the bourbon volatilization at the end, you can taste some of the whiskey volatilization at the end here. So it's not quite as deep, and uh, I don't know any other way to describe it other than wavy. But it does have some sort of, it does grasp on you in a little bit of, of, of that whiskey way. So they ferment it with both British and Belgian yeasts. Um, I was trying to see what they, you know, whiskey barrels is fairly vague, right? I mean, is it Scotch whiskey? Is it bourbon whiskey? Is it Canadian whiskey? You know, and uh, Irish whiskey. They don't say. Um, it it only plays a, a minor, you know, a supporting role in the flavor. 
and it's not a very boozy flavor. It's a very woody flavor, if mm-hmm. anything. It's um, it's a decent beer, you know. Hop and Frog, I think you're still on notice, but this one is okay. You know, actually, it's opening up more. And this is this is a sipper. This is a warm it up in your snifter. You know, eleven point three percent. The Belgian stuff going on. Yeah. Uh, so before I finish this class, I'm going to spend a few minutes here warming it up. And while we're warming it up, I think it's plug time. Plug time. Oh. Everyone's favorite part of the show. <laughs> Greg's favorite in particular. Uh, as you know, if you're a regular listener, we're trying to uh, promote promote uh, the show. We're trying to uh, get some funds so we can do some more events this year. And there's some easy ways and there's some not so easy ways to do that. Easiest way is... Oh, you want me to do it this time? Because you, you've been sure. doing it. So, sure, go ahead. So let me, let me do it. So the easiest way to give us uh, some cash is to do what you normally do and buy stuff online through Amazon.com. But you do it through our link. So you go to CraftyRadio.com, you either click on the Amazon link, or you simply go to CraftyRadio.com slash Amazon. That'll push you right to Amazon, and you buy stuff as you want. You won't be charged anything extra. You just buy whatever you want, and we'll get a tiny piece of it. Big ticket items, small ticket items, they both help, because the more small ticket I- more items we sell, the higher the rate, referral rate is. And then the big ticket items add to the bottom line. So... Either way, if you're just buying a couple sunflower seeds, you use our link. If you're buying, you know, a, a 900-inch TV, use our link. Definitely use our link. Yes, the buy several 900-inch TVs. Do it with our link because that would uh, be very helpful. And that's craftbeerradio.com/amazon is the easiest way, and uh, you could add, click on that referral link, add stuff to your cart, and as long as you buy it, in, like in the next month it still counts really as long as you add it to the cart if you oh if you add it to the cart yeah but you can't right it, 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 but if you don't Very, just our our idea is don't just go to amazon go to our site and then go and use that to go to amazon yeah but if you go to our site go to Am- go to our go to our link add stuff to the cart then come back later to amazon as long as it was added to the cart through our referral and sold within a period of time it's more than a month we still get that credit, so we're getting a little bit into minutia here of the thing. But, but you know, the people it's that interesting might, might just help. Uh, other ways, we do have donations through PayPal. You can go to our website and there's a donations tab, and you can do a one-time donation, or you can do a sustaining membership, just like NPR wants you to do. And you can do as little as twelve dollars a year, or you could do two dollars a month. You could even do a lot more. You could do twenty dollars a month if you want. You could give us a million dollars. And we won't say no. We won't say no. We we will. The tax question. implication is going to be interesting, but uh, <laughs> we won't say no. We are. Let me put it this way: our, my and I think our goal is to take all this money that uh, you, as you, as listeners, have so gratefully given us, one way or the other, and push it right back into the show. Because that's why you gave us money is because you like the show. So we want to just give you more of what you like. And so we want to improve the show in any way we can. We want to try to get to events to try to get 
get more stuff out there, get okay, more this, things. The spear is getting warm, so let's wrap this up. I'm playing the Greg side now. Let's get out of here. And uh, the only other two things I want to mention real quick is if you like Midwest Home Brewing Supply, we have a referral link on our website. Use that to buy stuff, and we get a kickback there. And also, if you're looking for website hosting, we've been using Bluehost.com forever. And if you go to our website and sign up a Bluehost account, we get a nice referral bonus from them, too. And scene. All right, so we got barrel-aged, naked, evil, BBW, Belgian-style, barley, wine-style ale. Aged in whiskey barrels. That is a mouthful. And it is a mouthful in your mouth. Nice full body. How's it How's it now that it's up to temp? It's uh, it, it's nice. It's got it's got some interesting. Oh, there's oh, some yeah. strawberry. There's hmm. There's some yogurt. There's okay. yeah, yeah. It has a very creamy mouthfeel. I can yeah. see where you're getting yogurt on it. Hmm. This is a very good beer. Is, there's even some sort of like there's a bit of, of Swiss cheese. Um. There's interesting stuff going on here. I like this. This won the... I didn't see this, but it won the GABF bronze medal in 2010. Four? They just say GABF oh. bronze medal. I'm guessing barley wine? No, I don't think it would win for barley wine style. Maybe strong. Yeah. I mean, who knows? Yeah. It's good, though. It's a... Uh, good job, Hoppin' Frog. Mm-hmm. Thank you for not selling me another crappy... <laughs> Thank you for making only some of Jeff's purchases being horrible. <laughs> Some being good, it, it's it's a little bit like the you know the five year old girl with the curls, right? Could be really good or really bad. <laughs> hmm. Mm, that is that finished really nice. I'll be enjoying drinking that later on in the week. We use our Zylus cappers to cap these, and you can get those on our Amazon store. Yes, I'm sorry for going back there. It. it it was a worthy call. Did you see my tweet about the 30-ounce Spielglau cognac glass? No, I did not see that. I was looking through Amazon, trying to see if there was anything else to add to it. If you go to the website, we have this A-Store, Amazon Store thing, which is like our favorite products, you know, beer-wise and other things. And I was just clicking off referred things, and there's 30-ounce, this monster Spielglau glass. <laughs> it allows you to, a lot of swirling, I imagine. A lot of swirling. 30 ounces. You could put a whole bomber. I mean, yeah, these bombers thing. are twenty-two ounces. So that well, gives you an idea. Yeah, you could put the whole seven fifty into this glass and still have plenty of swirling room. <laughs> okay, on to our next beer. Black Diamond Bourbon Barrel Grand Cru from the Black Diamond Brewing uh, from the blah blah blah. blah. I cannot talk today. From Concord, California. Black Diamond Brewing Company in California. This is, uh, they call it a double at 9%. Oh, it's a little beer. A little beer for this show. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we don't even get started till 12%. Come on. Not on these last couple shows. I actually, I, I weirdly only looked at the beer advocate when I didn't actually look at... Because the other ones I could only find on a beer advocate. Mm-hmm. So this one I didn't actually look at the website. So I'm going to try to find the website and you talk about the beer. I will talk about the beer. I don't know much about Black Diamond Brewing Company. Um, Greg bought this in Ohio. They're not available here in western Pennsylvania, even though it's only about 40 minutes away. 
Um, looks like mostly marketing speak on the back of the label here. Yeah. Yeah. Age for 12 months on oak. They tell me what I'm going to taste. Thank you. BDBrewing.com. Twitter, at BDBrewing. Ding. Ding. All right. So, wrap my hands around this glass because I want to warm this guy up too. But the first sniff. Ah, here we go. Okay, so there is some information here. A lot of marketing speaking. I'm trying to see if I can pick out the stuff. So, yeah, do some talking while I try to pick out. Okay, so I'm sticking my nose in the glass. It is, um... It's more... Oh, what's the word here? There's a little bit of molasses. That's the main thing I'm smelling. Uh, I'm smelling a little bit of... I don't know, it's making me think of, like, tree bark. Okay, so this is a limited release that's in both bourbon and brandy versions. We have the bourbon version. Uh, That's funny, because if you give it, just from the aroma, if you said bourbon or brandy, I would say brandy. Just has that more fruity smell. They have used, they have added as adjunct, locally sourced Zante currants and Black Mission figs. Age 20% of the blend in used bourbon and brandy barrels for 12 months. And they believe they've created a classic to be enjoyed throughout the winter months. Well, it is winter still. Still. Zante currants are more or less just grapes, I believe, right? They're not the the real, like, red currants or anything like that. Tiny little grapes, I think. Like tiny little ads. So knowing, I hate to say this, but knowing that there's figs and, and grapes in here, it makes the smell make a little more sense. Why do you hate to say it? Because I'm being told what the smell or what the taste, right? Or maybe it's just giving me filling in information. Before you told me, I was smelling something a little more... Uh, Tobacco is not the right word, but uh, something... Tar... Uh, you know, like blackstrap molasses and and things like that. As soon as you said figs and grapes, I smell the smell changed. The way I'm registering the smell s- smells a little more acidic, a little more fruity. You know, like you would think like a tart grape. You know, it, it just changed what I, my brain was p- pulling out of the beer when you told me that. Isn't psychology fascinating? Yeah, it's one of my favorite subjects. How the brain works and and how. Just knowing some information can change your whole outlook on something, and it's absolutely I, I, true. I can I can still smell what I was smelling before, but it's not. It's not. But the, it has more context. It's not the predominant smell yeah. before. That's all I could smell. I, I I couldn't smell the fruity stuff until Grace said there was fruit in it, and then I could smell the fruity stuff. But that other smell, I'm, I'm dialing in a little bit more. It's not so much molasses. See now There's that a little bit of like that an that English that, porter, like a brown porter type thing going on in the aroma. I mean, you know, figs and and instantly say, "Oh, fig Newtons." <laughs> That's there. There's that aroma. Okay, taking a sip of this guy. That's a nice. That's a. It doesn't have as full of a body as I would have expected. Ooh, it keeps telling a story later on. Uh, let me take a first sip so I get back to the beginning of the story. Hey now. So you get kind of a... Ooh. 
So you get a porter. <laughs> You're right. It I mean, does it, keep telling the story. So the first first impression is it's kind of like a porter, but not a roasty porter. More of more of a, a little. Uh, how do I want to describe that? You know, like the porters are a little more like anchor, right? Where it's it's kind of raisiny and not like cocoa, right? Right. So you right. get a little bit of that up front, but it's not so astringent. This is this yeah. This is it's difficult to talk about, right? Because but the flavor, it, the story it, that it keeps telling, you get left behind, right? You're trying it, to talk about it and you're tasting yeah. like something else is in your mouth, and you're trying to remember what you're trying to talk about like three pages ago. Okay, it has the texture, but not the flavor of a milk stout. In terms of how it feels in the mouth, it's it's this kind of creamy, sort of velvety uh, texture. But it goes from, like Jeff said, uh, an, an interesting kind of raisiny porter into a, a kind of deep cherry, a deep sort of close, to, you know, close to tart cherry, mm-hmm. and. I think you and know, there's lot- some chocolate coming up there. There's some vanilla. There's hmm, there's a little bit of um, cloviness coming out. Uh, you know, the last sip I took, I'm wondering if it picked up a little bit of a bug from a barrel. There's a little bit. It's it's not bad, right? It's just a touch of of this acidity, this um, acetic acid. Just a, just a, just a little bit of it. And I'm thinking, is that acidity from the grapes, the currants, or is that acidity from Acetobacter? And, I think it works the in more, the beer's favor. And the more regardless. I drink it, I think it's a touch of Acetobacter. It, it's not. I, I know not where you're coming to, from. It's not enough to be gross, right? But I, I'm not positive it's intended because you know? there's a little bit of a dirty flavor mm-hmm. here, and and that's where Jeff is coming from. I think where where, where he's pulling this. Is not from the fruit because it, it doesn't taste completely sweet. There's a little bit of, of a of a mossy quality to it. Just a bit. Just enough to say this is probably from some fungus as opposed to from just the fruit. That's good. Funguses are very good. They're the reason why we have beer in the first place. No, Cetobacter is technically a bacteria. Not a fungus. Okay, well, it's, but... All right. I I think there I think it might have caught a really <laughs> small cold from the barrel. You know, barrels are an organic thing with lots of you know lots of stuff going on in the wood. Right. I'm not I'm not convinced that it's that it's a bacteria. I think it could be. I, I, I'm not saying the beer is over the you know it didn't fall off the cliff and is completely spoiled. I'm just hesitant to think this is exactly because a clean, to me it doesn't taste beer. acetic. Uh, it doesn't. I, it's it's not like if you had to give it percentages. You know, it's only like one to two percent acetic. Where like most of the flaws, that and we, that can come from the most fruit. of the flaws that we rant on. You know, I would say are like twenty to thirty percent acetic. You know, so it's it's just well, sure, but don't you think that that could come from the fruit? The acetic part could come from the fruit, and and the sort of well, the, the, I think the, the so fungal ac- quality could come from just a, a natural fungus. I think there's a difference between acidic. You know, like uh, Zante currants can give you you know a, a nice zing. You know, acidic zing, and the way acetobacter, acetic acid, instead of a citric acid or something like that. I'm not sure what... I guess grapes are still kind of a citric acid. I'm not sure. But it, it, it just know. tastes a little bit different. And while the beer is not ruined, I think, you know, if we aged it much, much longer, 
those bugs might might uh, make this beer sick. There, there's a there's a slight quality that I'm I'm willing to leave that go. We spent I I you forced me to make a bigger deal out of that than I wanted to, right? Because it's not a big deal. I'm going to get back to the. I'm sorry. Good I, I just found it interesting. That's all. I I I found it an interesting subject to talk about because mm-hmm. there's while, while there's a lot going on. I when you talked about, it, I kind of zeroed in on that because I, I I think that that it's an interesting question. Is that coming from the fruit? Is that coming from just a bacteria, or is that coming from the fruit and a little bit of fungus? What is that coming from? Right, right. Yeah, I mean, like I said, we've made a. I wanted to mention it. And I wanted to move on. Made a little bit of a mountain out of a molehill, but and, yeah. it, it's but it's there. And and if if we're if we're being true to our mission, right? If we're being true to our our goal, which is, I mean, we we but, overanalyze. But, but, but it's not. But no, it's not true to goal because I wanted to mention it, and then I wanted to get back to overall impression because the beer is not bad, right? And to get back to overall impression, I was going to. Mention it and move on. Well, anyone and now can, we're making even a bigger deal. About but but it. I think that uh, I think that's good. Okay, this is this is actually good because okay because anyone can just take this beer and say, yeah, that's good. Part of why we're here, part of why we've been doing two hundred forty one shows, is because we get into it. Mm-hmm. We we go deep. We go. <laughs> you as deep really as we like two forty one. You've mentioned it like eight times so far. Took its prime hey, number. Have you guys heard we've done two hundred forty-one shows? We go deep. We go deep. So, so maybe not necessarily so other people don't have to, but so that we can experience it all, and so someone else doesn't necessarily have to do all that delving on their own. Okay. They can have a little help with it, but or, or they can have a little bit of, of somebody talking to them with it. Okay, I I, I agree. Can we please go back to the beer? Okay. Okay. Now just attacking me. (laughs) (laughs) As politely as I can. Oh, I got a little bit of wine. I got a little bit of a um, a really... I got a lot of a wine sensation out there. I I took a very tiny sip and it just went back and it, it, it tasted like a Merlot. The uh, the porter type character is interesting. It it doesn't. I, I, part of me says it doesn't fit. Part of me says uh, it fits. You know, it, it it it's it's a different and it's a uh, it's a new experience. Not as new as the uh, white chocolate from the brewery, but yeah. you know, part of me is like, what's that doing in there? And then like a little bit later, when the story progresses it's like don't worry about it that was good here's something interesting on their site that um i don't taste it maybe a tiny bit but i'm curious about it because they they talk about okay here's the set here's the full sentence on the site the fig flavor is forward on the nose along with the bubblegum slash banana esters now when you think bubblegum slash banana esters you immediately think Hefeweizen yeast. Sure, yeah. What I'm do you like? Think? I'm not tasting it. Yeah, I'm, I mean... I'm getting strawberries at best. Yeah. I agree with you. I mean, I can taste a little bit of fig there. I can taste a little bit of, of sweetened fig, of fig newton. But I don't... 
I'm definitely not pulling out bubble gum. Maybe maybe a tiny bit of banana, but I did say clove. Mm-hmm. I think there is some you know, clove. In my here. last couple of sips, you know, while we were going down our our little argument there, I poured a little bit more because my glass. I wanted to have some for the end of this conversation. And you know, the last couple of sips, uh, I'm willing to let go of the acetobacter and chalk it up to a fruit acid of some sort. You know, azante current. Um, last sip or two. It didn't taste hot or anything. It didn't taste off. It just tasted fruity, you know, like a like a grape or whiny. Yeah, like a grape. Yeah, yeah. That's why. Yeah, no, I I agree. I think that that character presented itself at a certain temperature, and as that lowered, mm-hmm. right. And, and one thing you know, we talked raised, about rather. we talked a couple times about how this beer tells a story, keeps turning pages, and gives mm-hmm. you some more stuff. And I don't think we really expressed what that was. Again, after my last sip, a good forty seconds after my last sip, I kind of got this volatilization up my esophagus, and it was like it was a pleasant, flavorful thing. You know, it's like I'm done drinking the beer, but it's still giving me something to enjoy. Okay, so so white chocolate was kind of a twilight zone of a beer in terms of story. So what kind of story was Black Diamond? <laughs> I'm not sure I'm, I'm ready to come up with a, a witty response there. Uh, I don't... I have not... Black point. Diamond may be more like a, a Pulp Fiction or something. Like, the narrative is a little bit spliced together, but you can pick it up. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's... it's uh, <laughs> <laughs> Which wallet's yours? Hmm? Which wallet is yours? Which wallet is yours? Oh, yes. It's the one that says bad. Mm. We don't normally say that word. We don't have the show. explicit tag on our yeah. main show. So. Alright, so our. our take, okay, so this bottle, just smell, take a whiff of the neck. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that, that's a bit funky, ain't it? It's a bit uh, limburgy. Knowing what's in it, 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 it doesn't surprise me. So this is, our final beer of the night is another beer from Superfan Gary. Thank you so much, Gary. You are uh, you are a treasure. This is the brewery's Ichigo Highway, which is a collaborative beer they made with Hangar 24 Brewing from Redlands, California. It's, um, okay, it's, it's a... Sour red ale, the aged oak barrels, along with a whopping amount of strawberries. Uh, Most of which were picked from the fields besides Hangar 24's brewery, so wild strawberries. I assume. I don't know. They could. I guess they could have a strawberry orchard or whatever mm-hmm. that is. It's aged for about eight months. I, I, I would have to think that it is a oh, wait, wait, strawberry wait. farm, because I don't think there's fields of wild yeah. strawberries anymore. And uh, they use a sake yeast along with their house strain. I was wondering where Ichigo with came from. With a souring bacteria. So, a couple different strains of yeast and a souring the bacteria. The aroma on this thing is absurd. It's, knowing, it's, it's, it's strawberries and Limburger cheese. Knowing that it's a brewery beer, I want you to pick alcohol on this one. Oh, i got to taste it first, but I will not look at the label. Right, what do you think? Strawberries and Limburger? Well, you know, strawberries and cream or really sour strawberries and cream makes sense to me. You're I don't not getting this very pungent, almost almost offensive that type second funk. one I did. 
But it's more kind of the yeasty, you know, stuff that's surrounding the strawberry. Because the strawberry is... Strawberry is a really interesting fruit if you, if you look at how the strawberry is made. Because the, the part that you eat of the strawberry is the stem, as it turns out. Those little seeds on the strawberry are the actual fruit of right. the strawberry. And and the strawberry itself is sort of a it, It's ironic. I was thinking about this this morning, laying in bed, waking up, about engorged stem, the seeds of the fruit. But uh, more so, this is kind of a post-show thing, but, but more so how lines are blurred because... No vegetable. Okay, very few vegetables are as sweet as a ripe strawberry, you know. So rhubarb, maybe. But you know, but it shows how like you know things are corn. Very few. You name two out of millions of plants. So you know that's what I'm saying. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, but. You gave me a chance to analyze, and I had to. I apologize. So you're not getting like a almost offensive bacteria. The second time I did, aroma? the first and third time I, I smelled, I didn't. I mean, I mean, I love, I like Limburger cheese. I like funky, stinky things. But the thing about the strawberry, but this is a funky, stinky thing. The point I was trying to make about how the strawberry is sort of engorged stem is that it, it, like grapes, they sort of attract a yeasty sort of cover on the outside, and. Um, in fact, that yeast on the outside is what originally allowed them to develop wines. The same yeast that comes from grape skin. Mm-hmm. And there's sort of a, there's a yeast cover on, on the strawberry itself, too. And some of that comes through, I believe, in both the flavor of just eating a regular strawberry and smelling this. I think it's actually expressed okay. more. Sure. So it's, it's sort of like a strong strawberry. For the record, I smell more, much more Limburger than I do strawberry. It is stinky. Our, the it's record, a stinky aroma. the record has noted that you have smelled more Limburger than strawberry. I will actually write that down. Oh my god, it tastes like a blue cheese or a Limburger or something. It is a fun. Oh my god, it's, it's awesome, but it is funky, and it keeps turning pages. It's telling a story. It's like holy sour, holy <laughs> mother. <laughs> Wow! <laughs> Wowie! Wow! Wow! What the? What the? What? <laughs> okay, Liz Lemon. Blurred. <laughs> <laughs> it, it. Greg summed it up. Mm. Thank you for listening to Craft Beer Radio. <laughs> oh wow! That's um. Oh my lord. <laughs> That is that is quite. Wow, it is Limburger or and blue cheese in strawberries. I mean, it, it it's. I mean, it I I see where it came from Limburger, but to me, Limburger is maybe five ten percent of it. But it's really okay. strawberries and cream with a huge amount of sourness. It see to me, it's a it's a cheesy sourness, but. I mean, so that's where I, the cream comes I, in for me. Okay. Is it? No, I don't want to dwell on it. Sake, sake yeast. Did mm. they say they use koji in there, or or is it just sake yeast? Which is do they use yeast, or is it is that koji? Yeah, they do. Use, they do use saccharomyces, but they do they okay. they, they use ko, they use koji to, to to turn the to to get the sugars. Oh, out Oh, that's of it. Yeah. the kind of the mash thing. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's right. There's nothing too rice whiny about. I mean. 
Do you think it brings anything? I mean, do you think it brings anything sake esque into the beer? The same essence of of Limburger. There's there's a little bit of essence of sake in there. If you're looking for it, if you're not looking for it, you I, won't I am find looking it. for it, and I can't find it. I I can taste a little bit. Uh, it's it particularly a, a a really nice cold fruity sake. I wish you mentioned that this is a provisions. So this is I think only available at the the pub at the, <laughs> at the brewery. So you asked Gary's me about awesome. you asked me about alcohol. Yes. It's a brewery beer. Um, flavor, you know, from my from my senses, I will say that this is a six point two percent alcohol by volume beer. And I would again, have called it a six. And mm-hmm. by knowing that it's a brewery beer and giving it the brewery bump, boom, boom. Fuck, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I eight point eight. Guesses. 8.8. Now, I don't guess because I know, but I did say what I tasted. Mm-hmm. I tasted about a 6, and you tasted about a 6.2. This is a sessional beer, sessionable beer, they call it, 5.5. What? They've never done such a thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, again, the brewery bump was just because, like, they always, like, mm-hmm. stick, a, they hide, like, an extra 12% somewhere. And that's why it's fun to play this little game with the brewery, especially. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm. This beer is wild. It's insane. I I I love it. Yeah, it's funky. I like cheese. I like stinky cheese. <laughs> this beer is insane. We haven't had a bad beer tonight, but this this one sticks out in in a way that the other ones, even though they've been very good, haven't. So here, you know, here is. Uh, and it's the sour, it's the sour bit. It's the, the sour bit is really what what makes it just jump and just kind of grab you. And there's there's a legitimate question here. We didn't did we talk about what this beer looks like. It is a no, we didn't. A, it's a scary cloudy. Uh, it reminds me of you know what this makes me think of, and a beer that a lot of people may have seen more so than many other beers. Sam Adams Cranberry Lambic. So it's almost like a mix of wheat. And cloudy yeah. something or another. It's kind of this. It's it. It's a different cloudiness than you're you're used to. It's almost like a a parabolic cloudiness. Like <laughs> like you can see into it, but then all of a sudden it shuts off. You know, like the, yeah, the rate I, of like of of transmission closes off quickly. Or it, something. It, it's a reddish brown color. It's got it, it. It it's maintaining a little bit of a head as long as you shake it. Uh, it's got um, you know it it's it's Partially translucent, partially tra- well. No, actually, I'm looking at it. It's pretty much just translucent. You can't see through it, but it's uh, it's definitely really an interesting color. But here, here's the thing: you, you may have deciphered that this is uh, this is probably going to be our number one beer. I, I think you're right. In my case, I can't speak for Jeff, but I think what's interesting here is is a question. Because all these four beers were really good in in very different ways. But this beer grabbed us mostly because of how crazy sour it was. And the question is, is that sourness what has brought this beer up? And what does that say about how we look at beer in general? 
I'm stuck here with the the thought stuck in my throat because I want to make sure I portray it the right way. I think a big part of this goes back to, and I've told the story way too many times, so I'll do it very brief. But you know, when I my previous job traveled a lot, we went out to beer, dinners a lot at good beer places, and I was typically the sommelier of of the beers, the cicerone, not certified, never take the cicerone test. Sorry, Ray Daniels. Um, and, you know, I would take him through a tour of all kinds of different beers. And I would always try to end the night with something like a Rodenbach Grand Cru. Mm-hmm. You know, something sour. And I've said many times, and I apologize for people have heard too many times, that, you know, you would think a lot of people would turn up their nose and not like something so crazy. But you'd be surprised at how many people like something like that. You know, and this is a little bit more extreme than your Rodenbach. <laughs> with, with the stinky no. cheese part. Because... I'm curious, those same people that I've given Rodenbach, you know, something that's very acidic right. and oaky and, you know, sweet tarts, you know, and give them something that's more Limburger, you know, or blue cheese, you know, like a very aggressive blue cheese. I'm not sure if it would, I, I'm not, I would think there's enough here for them to grab onto that it'd be I'm okay. not sure they'd appreciate it as much. Not probably as much. But I right. don't think they'd hate it universally. I think right. there's something savory. Maybe it probably has to do with taste receptors and chemicals and nutrients that the primitive man needs type thing. Uh-huh. There's something savory about these acidic beers that are umptious, right? There's something absolutely wonderful about it that it really just pulls me in. That uh, that that just says, yes, this is... Maybe it's fermented something or another, right? Because, I mean, cheese, you know, you get that growth. Because something about fermented... Yeah, all these were fermented. <laughs> but I'm saying fermented foods have this... Have this savoriness, this, this, it's acquired taste, but you know, kimchi, sauerkraut, you know, people crave it once they mm-hmm. get a taste for it, you mm-hmm. know, maybe that's, maybe that's part of it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it, it kind of, that kind of relates to the bacteria in your stomach, actually. If you eat a lot of sauerkraut or kimchi, the bacteria in your stomach changes and it starts to want that and you start to desire that. There's something for the post show to write down. But do you know the, you know, there's a lot of bacteria in and on your body, but they weigh three pounds. It weighs as much as your brain. Uh-huh. So the amount of living stuff that's in you that is not your DNA weigh, is, is adds up to as much as your brain. Right. That's, Greg's playing it off like, oh, yeah, I know that. But for a lot of people, that's kind of relevant, uh, revelational. You know, it's, it's, well, there holy are, crap. They're like, what? A million times more cells of different bacteria than there are cells of you in your in and on your body. A lot of people don't know that. Yeah, and when you hear that, it's like holy crap! But that's a post show thing. Uh, <clears throat> remember the tweet we got from uh, One Drop Soup about how we were on mushrooms. He thought no. we were mushrooms. We were talking on the one show about the the aroma of Indiana Jones looking through an old study. <laughs> Remember that? If we were on mushrooms, you'd know it because we would go into crazy, much more crazier tangents than you than you can imagine right now. Uh, yeah, it makes me think. Being someone who has done mushrooms, <laughs> I can say that. I guess it's ranking time. So uh, let's. Uh, Mm. Figure this one out. Mm. Good show. Very good show. Really. Uh, um, Let the record show this is more or less what I wanted to pick last week when you shut me down. <laughs> the record has thus been showed. 
Uh, it is true. Uh, I've talked about it, how um, I picked last week's beers. Jeff picked this week's beers. This week's beers are... Wow. All right. So from the bottom to the top, I will start. And really, it's kind of a hard luck loser because they were all wonderful beers. I'm going to put the uh, Black Diamond Grand Cru in fourth place. It's a good beer. Didn't have the uh, the awesomeness that the other beers had. Mm-hmm. Um, what I liked about it was, um, you know, those fruity bits. But like for, for a while, those fruity bits tasted a little bit off. You know, it tasted a little bit like a sick barrel. So I wasn't sure at first. Uh, but beyond that, the rest of these beers are are good in my book. And I think I'm going to put in third place... The Hop and Frog perfectly clean beer, which was happy to uh, happy to find because we've had the infection problems with them as of late. Uh, it is in third place just because the other two beers from the brewery are just what? Wow! What what are they doing in Orange County, California? It is insane. Um, for number. Th- Two, I'm going to put White Chocolate, the Alien Beer. The Mojito without mint with a little bit of cocoa. Um, it, uh, Barley 69, summed it up. I mean, it was hard to talk about. It was so many non-beer flavors in a beer. It, it, it was more non-beer flavors than beer flavors. You know, what I mean by that is our, our common vocabulary that we use you know that we we bank and we it's easy for us to recall and talk about things not very many of those terms that are in our common vocabulary were in that beer mm. and then number 1 is uh the Ichigo highway Ichigo highway um what stinky cheese and strawberries um savory umptious oh my god just delicious <laughs> I mean, what did Greg say? Wowie, wow, 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 blurg or something? I think he said... He uh, said some more Liz Lemony things in there. But. Yeah, well, wowie, wow, wow was Borat, but it was more mm-hmm. like, uh, what the, what the, what? What the, what the, what the, what, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anything more to say? Uh, no. Okay. The brewery makes freaking insane beers. Yes. Uh, and and I, I I think we've we've liked almost all of them. <laughs> I think we've really liked almost all of them. There's one or two that we were like, eh. but for most of them, whew. okay. Uh, number four, hard luck loser this time. Hop and Frog. I liked it. I did. I think it had some interesting flavors going on. It wasn't spoiled. It, it was nice. It was good. It had uh, good flavors. It was just a good beer. It was a plain old really good beer. It's uh, a good barley wine, something that uh, I, I would recommend. But it kind of paled in comparison to the other three, which were better. And for number three, I'm going to put white chocolate. Uh, so the reason why I I choose white chocolate for the third is because it was so alien. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> you said, I mean, right. it, it was so different and so unbeer like. Okay. That it was kind of like mm, okay, cool, but 
uh, wow. <laughs> uh, how how do I compare this to other things? And it was something hard. something never said on craft beer radio. This tastes like a mojito. Yes. <laughs> Until today. I I I was uh just uh, strongly strongly kind of influenced by it, but also just weirdly I, I don't know what to say about it and, and it's it's that not knowing what to say about it that makes it better than I think the, the barley wine because the barley wine was was good but just wasn't on the same level as the mm-hmm. other ones, but okay. but but not but not in comparison to the next other two. Now the Black Diamond is my number two beer. I really liked it and I think that there's there's a weird, interesting period there where the the fruitiness Sort of tastes like Jeff said a little bit dirty, mm-hmm. but that goes away either when it's really cold or when it's starting to get really you know nice and warm. Uh, and the other times it really does sort of deliver on its promises. It was just really delicious. It came through. I, I loved how it evolved from a porter into something sort of cherry, and then there was some whiskey stuff that came out from it. I really liked it a lot. I think it was really good, but... Oh, you know, I don't think I mentioned the vintage. That was a 2011. 2011. Good to know. But the Ichigo Highway was just fantastic. Bonkers. It was crazy. It was... I'm going to drink more of it on the post-show. It was... Whoa. Well. Okay. I'll take some of that then. It was just... The kind of thing that uh, I I'm privileged to taste. Yes, and that you know that kind of says it all. That's uh, that's what it's all about. I think. What so, there you, go. you know this more philosophical, but what does it take? What does Patrick Rue and his you know employees have? to do this I don't know time after time after time you know it's like there's other technical brewers that can do crazy stuff amazing stuff but there's just something about the you can buy a brewery beer and, and know it's gonna like change your paradigm of, of of beer you know it's like it's like wow beer central you know like why how how does he how does he do that <laughs> it's it's, it's, a, it's i i i will compare them okay here's an interesting comparison i'll compare them to valve software <laughs> in that they there's one or two kind of okay blah but most of the games are just on point on point on point that's the brewery is they're like they're on point, on point, on point. A couple of them are like, okay, you tried, you tried, good job. But I mean, the only difference between a software company and a brewery is you know good management has you know you you can spot check and make sure the game's on track, right? With a brewery, you can't say okay that one didn't work out, let's dump it and do something else. Well, that goes into a whole bunch of different stuff so, about how Valve yeah. is managed, which is really interesting, but. Uh, and so maybe the brewery operates in some of the same way. Maybe we'll cover. Yeah, I mean, maybe show. it's more than I thought. But you could see how you could say, you know, this. You could have a, a, 
and spot check on a game and say, no, this this whole storyline's not working. Redo it. You can't do that mid-brew. You know, you can't say. Well, I doubt the brewery works like Valve because Valve is, is a really interesting case. Okay. But but the brewery... Uh, it's just a talent, I, right? I, it's a skill. Yeah, I, well, there's that. And, I mean, obviously, it's hiring the right people. Obviously, you know, it's it's having the right people in the right place at the right time because... But it's also just the willingness to experiment and to just to, to play. And I, to, I, you know, great question. Next time we talk to Patrick, is you know, have you had to toss batches? How many batches? Yeah, because you think high reward, high risk type thing, right? They might. I don't know. I I, I know firsthand of them tossing no batches. But you know, you try for you you swing for the fences. You're going to strike out, right? You know. I wonder if that happens. I wonder if they have a higher... I wonder if they have more failures than the average brewery, you know? Things it, they have to dump. It would be interesting. But, I mean, considering the, the, the quantity of beers they put out... I, I don't know. I mean, generally a brewery can't tolerate dumping a batch. Or yeah. Especially more than one batch, you know? Because a batch of beer is big and it costs a lot of money. I don't want to speculate, but next time I talk to Patrick, I... Definitely have to ask that question. Maybe they're just really good at blending. <laughs> just that they have a science for blending everything just right. Maybe that's... I, I, I don't know. Anyway. Freaking amazing. Thank you for listening to Craft Beer Radio. Oh, this is actually the... Was it 25 or 35? 25. 25 year anniversary today. This week. Rick Astley. Never gonna give you up. Uh, was it this week or was it June... No, this week. It was this week. Okay, so yeah. That's why we're doing this. Song. So, sorry. So, we're not rickrolling you. This is commemorative. <laughs> Let me turn it down, because that's kind of annoying. <laughs> anyway, Craft Beer Radio was released under the Creative Commons license. Visit craftbeerradio.com for more information. Uh, yeah. We have Twitter. Twitter. At Jeff that's Bear. Good, good at CBR Greg. At Craft Beer Radio. Email us at uh, Greg at Craft Beer Radio, Jeff at Craft Beer Radio, Beer at Craft Beer Radio. Google Plus, Facebook, you'll be able to find us. It's uh, Craft Beer Radio on Google Plus, the Craft Beer Radio on Facebook because someone took Craft Beer Radio. Uh, Amazon.com, CraftBeerRadio.com slash Amazon, and uh, Bluehost and uh, just the Amazon. Just, just Amazon is probably the thing. Tune into the post show to hear some more Amazon Anonymous. Oh, Amazon Anonymous, come on. And thank you. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much.